Welcome back to Sustainably Influenced. I'm your host, Bianca Foley. In this season, we're discussing the relationship between the tech space and sustainability. Technology has the power to revolutionize the way we live and do things. And this has never been more important than in the current climate crisis. In recent years, the world has faced increasing challenges related to global warming, loss of biodiversity and resource depletion. However, technology has the potential to provide solutions and mitigate the impact of these problems. Advances in areas such as renewable energy, energy efficiency, sustainable transportation and smart cities can help us to transition to a more sustainable future. As businesses set ever more ambitious environmental, social and governance goals, their sustainability and technology strategies need to become more tightly aligned. Over the course of this season, I'll be diving into these strategies, speaking to disruptors and free thinkers in the industry who are using technology-based solutions to combat the climate crisis. Hello, and welcome back to another instalment of Sustainably Influenced. Uh, Today, I want to talk about, I don't know if it's an important topic, but something that I just keep seeing cropping up. For anybody who's kind of new to the podcast or to a more conscious lifestyle or sustainability, I've been on this journey for a few years now. And one of the biggest things for me was looking at how packaging was made and how things are made and just looking at the sheer vast ridiculous numbers and quantities of plastic that's used in production and I don't know about you but I keep seeing things like recycled plastic or seeing things that say made from PCR plastic or made from ocean bottles or post-consumer this and that but I want to ask what that really means. So most of you will see that recycled plastic is pretty much everywhere from our clothes in the form of polyester to bags and car components, furniture, building materials, paint pots, and even sort of paving stones. When we first started mass producing plastic in the 1950s, it was seen as like this wonder material. Its strength and durability and even the chemical inertness make it an ideal material for things like food packaging, clothing, and all the other things that I listed before. According to The Guardian, the plastic waste crisis grows every year. In the next five years, global capacity to produce virgin polymers for single-use plastics could grow by more than 30%. By 2050, plastic is expected to account for 5-10% to of greenhouse gas emissions. I have something to say on this, but I might just keep it in me today. But considering so many companies are making these pledges to use what's out there and use recycled plastic, I don't know how I feel about that statement because... Surely that number should be decreasing if we're using what's already available instead of creating more virgin plastic. But anyway, I digress. Now, the tech industry, bringing it back to this season, obviously, the tech industry may not be the biggest producer of plastic waste. In fact, the packaging industry sits way higher. But the number of consumers not recycling their discarded products effectively is rising. So recycling plastic has been kind of like touted as this solution to the waste problem in the tech industry. But I have to just start by saying, and I say this very cautiously, I don't think it's a silver bullet. While recycling plastic can help to really, really reduce the amount of plastic and waste, more essentially, that ends up in landfill, it's only really part of the solution. 
There are a number of great benefits to utilising recycled plastic in the tech industry, as it can improve sustainability efforts. I kind of want to go through a few of them just so that you can understand more where I'm coming from, where I say it's not a silver bullet, it is going to help. So the first up would be that it's reducing the amount of virgin material. So when recycled plastic is used in this space, it reduces the need for new virgin plastic, therefore kind of conserving natural resources and reducing the environmental impact of the extraction process uh, for raw materials. But that's on one hand. The other hand is where are they finding the existing plastic and recycling it? Reduced waste. By using recycled plastic, it helps to kind of close the loop on waste and prevent it from ending up in landfills or the environment. By keeping plastic out of the waste system, recycled plastic helps to then mitigate the negative impacts of waste, which is a point that I really want to hone in on today when I speak to today's guest. There are some sort of energy saving aspects to this as well in using recycled plastic. The production of recycled plastic requires less energy than producing new virgin plastic, which is an amazing bonus. The energy savings help to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, which are a major contributor to climate change. One that I possibly hadn't thought of as well is job creation. So the production and the use of recycled plastic in the tech industry is actually helping to create new jobs and economic opportunities in the recycling sector, which is growing. And this can help to drive investment in recycling infrastructure and support sustainable communities. So I don't know who's where you're listening from, but a lot of us in the UK, we know that a lot of the time that curbside recycling or home recycling isn't always necessarily upheld once it goes to a recycling plant. And there are measures that are trying to be put in place to make that better and improve that. But without us utilising these recycled plastics and this recycled waste, the infrastructure won't be there. So that is a big, big bonus as well. So I will get off my soapbox ever so slightly. One foot is coming off, not both. Brand recognition is the sort of final thing that I want to touch on here because by using recycled plastic, I've seen, and I think it's fair to say, that tech companies can demonstrate their commitment to sustainability and improve their brand image. This can help to attract environmentally conscious consumers and increase demand for sustainable products. So I'll use myself as an example. As somebody who is more eco-minded, I would say, I am also a content creator. And as part of some of the jobs that I do, brands will ask me to help them to promote new ranges where they're either using recycled products, recycled plastic, recycled whatever in their clothing to bring on a new type of consumer. And... Sometimes you kind of have to battle with that when you are somebody who understands a little bit more about the industry. But it is fair to say without change and without all these major brands making that change, the smaller brands won't have a platform to kind of even stand on. There are, however, some contrary views to the above. Me, I think at the start, I didn't want to be the Debbie Downer on the recycled plastic vibe, but... This is why I put this in. I wanted to put in the pros and cons for this because I think, and this is how I kind of operate in life, I think there's two sides to every single story. So I've talked about the benefits now and I do want to now speak about some of the cons in this. So recycling plastic, as I said, can require significant amounts of energy, water and resources, even though there are savings to be made. The difference is these things have to be processed in a different way and separated because of contamination. The process also generates emissions that contribute to air and water pollution, making it important to consider the environmental impact of the recycling process. 
Additionally, not all plastics can actually be easily recycled. And those that can may not be recycled in practice due to the cost and lack of that infrastructure that I mentioned before. Moreover, I just want to point out that even when plastic is recycled, sometimes, not all the time, just sometimes, the end product can actually be of a lower quality than the original material. And it can only be used for really, really limited purposes. And that means that the recycled plastic often ends up being downcycled into products with a shorter lifespan, contributing to further waste. So as I said before, I recently worked with today's guest. Now, this episode isn't sponsored, but I wanted to bring them on to speak about this because I think that it's an area that really needs to be discussed. You may recognise the name Belkin. They are a very long-standing, well-known, recognisable brand. They create everything from earphones to wireless charging stations, uh, power banks, all those sorts of things. And I worked with them on the launch of their Recycled Plastic initiative because as much as I don't think that recycled plastic is the only way to save the tech industry, I think it's an amazing start. And as the company turns 40, they're getting really, really serious about what it is that they're doing. And the first responsibly built, I should say, quote unquote, Belkin products will debut later this year. As I said before, this episode is not sponsored, but I wanted to speak to them because Belkin are a company that are actively trying to make change and trying to reduce their waste. They've started a significant sustainability effort to use 73 to 75% of post-consumer recycled plastics, so that's PCR plastics, in some of their most popular products, such as wireless chargers, power banks, wall chargers and car chargers. And further to that, they'll begin using plastic-free packaging for those same products as well. So they're limiting the amount of plastic that they use and going to be using recyclable packaging as well. As I said before, and I've said a couple of times because I feel like I need to put a disclaimer in this episode, is that I love the idea that brands are looking at ways to reduce their waste, but I don't want them to lean on that and think that that is them being sustainable. So... The main thing that really got me hooked on working with them was the fact that they use excess plastic. So PIR plastic, which is post-industrial recycled plastic that's created during the manufacturing process and then recycled and put back into that same process. And then there's the more commonly known sort of PCR plastics, which is post-consumer recycled. And that comes from products we've used and thrown away or submitted for recycling as well. In other words, the latter form of recycled material redirects waste that normally would have ended up in a landfill. So today, I am chatting with Laurelyn Stewart-Smith, who is the Senior Product Manager at Belkin. So I'm speaking today with Laurelyn Stewart-Smith, Senior Product Manager at Belkin. So thank you, first of all, for joining me. What sort of scientific advancements has Belkin leveraged to improve the sustainability of its products and, I guess, more importantly, production processes? So first of all, thank you for having me. It's lovely to meet you. <laughs> so we base all of our stuff on science-based standards. I think it's really important that you accurately measure those types of things. So for us, we use a variety of things, so from things like green chemistry which is basically like monitoring use of hazardous chemicals, avoiding using them like if we possibly can and trying to develop eco-friendly alternatives. So that might be something like water-soluble solvents or renewable feed socks, water-based coatings, that kind of thing. So, you know, like traditional packaging has like a shiny film 
on the box. So that would traditionally be plastic. So we've looked at making how we can make that out of water so that it's all just a bit more eco-friendly. And then something else that's really important is life cycle assessment, which I'm sure we will talk about. I'm sure that's what most people who are looking at their sustainability practices um, are looking at. But that's really evaluating our products from end to end. So from our raw material selection right through to how that's got rid of like at the end of its life. And then things like energy efficient materials. So just things that require less energy to produce. So bioplastics could be an example of that. That's really interesting. And I love the fact that you're looking at water-based solutions because not only are they more eco-friendly, there's normally less harm to the environment, just just generally speaking with like, I think so many of us forget the fact that plastic, it's more difficult to recycle and reprocess and things like that. But looking at water-based solutions, even in terms of things like ink and stuff like that and how packaging is made, I think so many of us really do forget that packaging is a huge deal. It's not just the actual product. So how do Belkin kind of apply life cycle analysis to your product and what impact has that had on reducing the kind of waste and environmental impact? So we have like a, I think I can describe it as like a special tool <laughs> that we use and we basically plug in all the data we have from things like the materials we select right at the very start, like what we're going to choose to make the product out of. And then how we're going to manufacture that product, how we're going to schedule like production times, that kind of thing. Then how we're going to transport that product, how someone's going to use it in the day to day and how long that product is going to last them. Because I think actually to touch back on what you said about packaging, again, it's something you don't really think of is that if you buy something and it only lasts you like six months, you're going to have to buy it again. So it's like double consumption. So a huge thing for Belkin is around our product and the quality of our product, because actually making sure that it's going to last you a decent lifespan is obviously going to help in terms of reducing your overall consumption. But then to link that back to its generic life cycle analysis. So once a product is then used, we would then look at how that product is then disposed of. So whether that's something, so in electronics, you have we recycling programs, so how you get rid of your electronic waste, but then also like what you do with the box when you've got rid of it, like what do you do with the actual, like if it's a wall charger, what do you do with that wall charger when you get to the end of it? And that's how we explore the whole life cycle. And then we can, it just really informs our decisions on choices that we make. So we might choose to use one type of material over another because it's slightly better or it makes it more durable, increases the longevity of that product for a consumer. Definitely agree with you on that. And I think as I've been talking in the wider part of this episode, I think I've spoken about recycled plastic so much and the different types of recycled plastic that there are. And I've mentioned that I've worked with Belkin recently on promoting the new sustainability credentials and pledge that you guys are making. And I think it goes down solely to I always think of it in terms of how brands work, where you can create a product that is completely circular, but it's up to the consumer at some point to then prolong or promote an environmentally friendly way of disposing of a product. And so many people don't realise that their local authority will be able to actually recycle those products for them quite easily and at no cost. And I think it's something that so many of us need to think about doing these things and incorporating it into our daily lives 
it will take 10, 15 minutes for you to go down to your local recycling centre and drop it off. So I sometimes think there's too much onus on the brand to do things, but not enough on the consumer like that. And I always find it really fascinating, but it's just part of how I guess the marketing kind of ends at the sale point, doesn't it? So moving on, I just wanted to kind of ask as well, not necessarily maybe for Belkin, but just generally speaking, do you know or can you talk about any cutting edge material science or biotechnology innovations that either yourselves or other companies or you've seen just out and about that you're exploring to kind of reduce waste and increase sustainability in the tech industry? So there is loads of stuff out there and there are 101 startup companies coming up with these wonderful ideas as to how to reuse materials. I listened to one of your podcasts where you were talking about people using recycled denim for like insulation in food boxes and stuff. So there is all manner of things going on. And as Belkin, we are obviously part of researching how we make improvements for ourselves. So some of the stuff we have announced already with our transition to the PCR material and some of our our best-selling products. Um, But we do have further research and development stuff going on. Um, It's under NDA, so I can't talk to you about it in too much detail. But I can tell you there is stuff happening in the background. The announcement of our PCR stuff won't be the last. But yeah, we are definitely looking at lower impact materials to kind of help us towards our carbon neutrality goal. And are you able to elaborate on anything outside of Belkin at all in terms of things that you may have seen in the rest of the industry? So something we've been looking at is, um, or I've been really into, is around bioplastics. So bioplastics is quite an interesting one. On the surface of it, it sounds like it's going to be really good. In reality, I mean, I think it still needs a lot more research. I think it's probably something that happens quite a lot in the industry, as you think that, not just our industry, to be fair, I mean, in all industries, that you see that sustainability goal and you think right that's it that's going to solve the world's problems but it's really not that simple so like for instance I was away traveling and used like a cornstarch straw and like that's great but is the impact of that if like we ban all plastic straws and we move to cornstarch straws is that overproduction of corn to develop those cornstarch straws actually worse for the environment than just having the plastic straw in the first place and I think those are the sorts of conversations that people need to have and the things that they need to think about. So not necessarily in the tech industry, but just kind of like in the wider world, I guess, like the overconsumption of anything is going to be bad for the environment. And that's where things like the life cycle analysis really comes to the fore so that you can think that actually the idea that you had is genuinely a good thing and not just sounds really good, but in practice, it is actually beneficial to the environment. I'm so glad that you raised the point about straws because (laughs) this is something genuinely I could probably write a thesis on why some alternatives aren't better because it's fascinating we make all of these wonderful alternatives to reduce our plastic waste but there's still going to be an impact in some capacity whether it's in that industry or that industry there's always going to be an impact so I think like one big thing for me that I'm speaking about with a lot of different companies And even some of my guests are things like regeneration and regenerative kind of techniques that can 
help to put back into the ecosystem after we've taken out. How does Belkin sort of use data science and machine learning to optimize production processes? And I think more specifically, how you're using it to reduce waste, because I think this episode is all about is recycled plastic going to be that silver bullet and save technology from its waste problem. So how are you using that data science and machine learning to facilitate that? It's a really good question. It is a really important thing to consider. So we're moving towards trying to make all of our packaging plastic free, for instance. So we removed quite a lot of single use plastic in, I think, around 2019. And then from there, where we were using plastic, we used recycled PET. It's still a plastic and we still know that plastic is a really under recycled material and something like paper is much more broadly accepted as a recyclable material. So we know that we want to make that transition to having plastic free packaging, but actually sometimes that might generate more wastage if we moved to a full cardboard solution some of our products are really heavy (laughs) so if you're going to put that on shelf in a store and that hanger fails you might end up with a damaged product and then you have to waste the product in which case like what was the point you just created more waste so machine learning and, and data analytics is a really important part of our product development because we will take that product apply whatever theoretical change we would like to make to it and then we will test it to within an inch of its life like Belkin do not compromise on the quality of our products and that goes for any changes we make kind of in terms of the material or the actual product itself or the packaging we don't want to over design something to make it fail and generate more wastage so whilst there are elements of like wastage reduction obviously through manufacturing process it's also about that next step So once it's then gone out and it's left us and it's there out in the market for people to buy, how do we stop generating additional wastage by doing something that we actually thought was really good for the environment in the first place? And so doing that analysis up front stops us learning on the job, as it were. (laughs) So for anyone who doesn't know or doesn't understand what PET is, it is polyethylene terephthalate which is a type of clear, strong, lightweight, 100% recyclable plastic. So getting back onto our final question, are there any sort of innovations in renewable energy and energy efficiency that you're utilising to reduce your carbon footprint and to improve sustainability in production as well? Definitely. So sustainability is not a kind of new thing for us at all. It's something we've been looking at probably for years and years I think our sustainability team was set up in something like 2008 so it's something that we've been looking at for a long time and there are always changes you can make so like in our offices we use LED lighting we use renewable energy sources in our offices and in some of our factories as well so we mostly use wind and solar And then we also have like various other energy efficient practices like optimizing HVAC systems and all our staff are encouraged to drive electric cars. I took delivery of my first one like two weeks ago. (laughs) So all those kind of good things that are standard practice or I think they're standard practice in a business now are part of something that we've been doing for a long time. And obviously we always look to kind of make improvements and if there's a new technology that comes to the market that means that we can improve just how we operate like as a company we'll always look to adopt those as soon as we can so 
we've chosen to go with PCR plastic for our most recent product update. So we use in between 73 and 75% PCR plastic. So that's post-consumer recycled plastic. And the reason we've chosen to go with that is that actually it's the most appropriate material to replace for our hard plastic. So things like our power banks and our wall chargers are made of a PC ABS material. And PCR is a really good recycled material that you can use to replace those plastics. And the benefit of PCR over something like PIR, which is post-industrial recycled plastic, it's taking wastage out of the cycle of wastage and it would normally go to landfill. So a normal plastic would be like a delayed to landfill plastic and the PCR process removes that plastic from going to landfill and it can be reused and re-recycled as well. So once that product has come to the end of its lifespan, it can go back into the chain. So it's supporting that circular economy feel. So it's not to say that it's the best solution. It's the best solution for what we wanted to do at this moment in time. There are usages for PIR, but that's not the best material for us right now. And there are also things like ocean plastics and bioplastics, which do have their uses and there will be solutions, I'm sure, where they are the best choice, but they're not the best choice for us now. So it might be to do with either the availability of the material or the quality of the material. For us as Belkin, we really didn't want to compromise on the product itself. We really wanted to make a change so that it was effectively an invisible change so you're making a good product choice without realizing you're making a good product choice thanks so much to laurelyn your insights were really helpful and i think poignant overall i just want to kind of conclude this episode now and even though recycled plastic has the potential to play a role in reducing waste and even mitigating that negative environmental impact from plastic, it shouldn't be seen as a cure-all for the planet's waste problem. Recycling alone can't solve the underlying issues of consumption and waste generation, nor can it address the environmental and social costs of producing, using and disposing of plastic. Instead, a comprehensive and holistic approach is needed that includes reducing plastic consumption, designing products for recyclability, improving waste management infrastructure and investing in alternative materials and circular economy models. Ultimately, it will require a collective action from governments, businesses and individuals to achieve a more sustainable and circular future. In next week's episode and the season finale for season seven, I'm discussing whether tech is separating human rights from humans. And until then, you can subscribe and listen back to previous episodes of Sustainably Influenced on all good podcast platforms. You can follow at Sustainably Influenced on Instagram and TikTok. I'm Bianca Foley. Thank you for listening. This season of Sustainably Influenced was produced by Content is Queen, sound editor Amber Miller, research assistant Toyo Douglas, and presented by Bianca Foley.